1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC.
0: From NJ.com and the Star Ledger, welcome to the Rutgers Rant, your one-stop podcast for the Scarlet Knights. With your hosts, Steve Politi and Rutgers Insiders, Brian Fonseca and Pat Lenny. Let's start shopping. All right, everybody, welcome back to The Rant. 55-10 loss to Penn State. fellows. I want to start with the post-game press conference because Greg Shano is now leaning on a couple of talking points, and I'm not sure if either one holds water, and I want to get your opinion on it because I think that's kind of all we have left at this point is the talking points about where this program is heading. Uh, and the one, that, the one that's just getting me every time is the we're better now than we were in September. We're better in November than September. He said it a million times. He said it before the game, after the game. Well, you played your first big 10 game against Iowa and you gave them two touchdowns. You played your 11th big 10 game against Penn state and you gave them three touchdowns. I get it. The competition is better, but we're seeing the same mistakes over and over again. And I guess that's what I come back with. I'm just not sure if this is a better team now in November than it was in Iowa, I guess there are individual things that are better. Ryan, you watched the film. I mean, am I wrong? Is there something that's there that is so much better and improved that I'm just not seeing with my with my meager non-coaching eyes here? I mean, what, what's your take on this?
1: My eyes are also meager and non-coaching, so I don't know if I can provide much better analysis, but I think you touched on one of my main points is that they're playing better competition, right? They're, they played in the last three of, three of the last four weeks, they played Penn State, Michigan, and Minnesota. So two teams in the top 10 and right. one of the better defenses in the Big Ten. So that that needs to be taken into account. And yes. when you're comparing Iowa to Penn State, Iowa was Evan Simon making the mistakes uh, Penn State was Gavin Wimsett making the mistakes. So there's True. different personnel as well. There's been no continuity. So they haven't really had a chance to get better in that time. All that being said, I totally agree that they're not making tangible progress uh, That where they can't say they are better in November. Again, the, the, the comparison points are not great, but uh, I watching the offense especially, I think that's the most worrying side of the ball by far. I thought right. that was probably their worst game of the season. They gave up 15 tackles for loss that's is absurd. That the off- again, and it's an offensive line without a starting center, starting a true freshman at left guard, I get all of that, but those numbers are insane and uh, it's tough for Gavin Wimsett to be able to do much. And listen, we'll talk about his accuracy issues later on, I guess, but when he's getting pressured on 17 of his 34 dropbacks, it's hard to ask any quarterback to do much in that. So, uh but to answer your question, I I agree with you. I don't really see if there is any progress, I don't really see much of it the second talking point
0: the thin margin thing and this is this comes back a bunch of times that we just you know we'll get the, the quote about the the ebbs and flow every game is its own story uh that Rutgers is is there but there's a play goes the other way and the wheels fall off and the example in this one was the Rutgers had a chance to recover a fumble on a punt um, Max Melton was offsides. I get it that Greg Chanel did not think he was offsides. I know we were in the press box and sitting next to Pat Lanny. The ball, the moment the ball was recovered, Pat, you said, Well, Melton was offsides. I mean, so I, I we, you saw it, it looked like he lined up offsides to me again. Beyond the, 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 besides the point, to me, the broader issue is that there were 30, 35 plays like that yeah. in the game. You know what that, I mean? There's just so many of them. You have a chance on a wheel route to get a first down. You miss, you miss the throw. You have a chance to hit Sean Ryan on a touchdown. You miss that throw. There's just one after miss a yep. field goal. Like, one after yep.
2: another. It's one after another. And and that was my question to Shiano. Like, why does this thing snowball so quickly? It's 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 that mistake, and then the wheels fall off. And that's just the sign of a bad team. There's no other way to really yeah. put it. That's just. That's just the reality of the situation. Bad teams make mistakes over and over again, and that's what Rutgers is. It's it's just a bad team that makes a lot of mistakes. The third talking point that you don't have, Steve, is that he loves (laughs) to say that every game takes on a life of its own and that every game script is different. His theory in this game that if they recover that punt and they go in and score, they're up what would be 17-7, and then they have the momentum on their side and everything's going to be different so i don't i don't buy it when you make an avalanche of mistakes like that so and every
0: game that's another one every game i mean i've seen that game before <laughs> i mean like i get it for your own they come out they play pretty hard they have a good plan they make a bunch of mistakes the other team wins by 45 i've seen that i've seen that movie that's that's an old script so i wouldn't say that that's a new one and it and it comes back to gavin Wimsett. you mentioned the pressure in this one Brian, I get it. It wasn't good, but he's making the same mistakes. You know, 10 of 29, 122 yards, a touchdown and an interception. The couple of throws earlier I mentioned the wheel route that was just it, it, it just, they were just off. You know, and that's those are those are the throws that I think any quarterback should make. I don't know if he's rushing it. That's what Greg Shano said. I mean, you point out in your in your film review that of the 146 quarterbacks who've thrown at least 125 passes, only Colorado's JT Shrout. Has a lower completion percentage. I think only Colorado among Power Five teams also has a worse record. It's not, it just really has not been a good first impression from Gavin Wimset.
1: Yeah. Colorado is currently what Rutgers was a few years ago uh, during the dog days of the Chris Ash era. So essentially, yeah. Gavin Wimset is slightly better. By two, by 0.2 percentage points than Art Sikowski, which is not exactly what Rutgers fans were hoping for when he finally took over the reins. Again, the mitigating factors are worth pointing out. It's really hard to play that well when you have receivers dropping passes, when you have an offensive line that doesn't protect you. But oh, the yeah, missed right. passes are glaring. And the fact that they happen over and over, there's a handful of passes every game that goes, one goes behind a receiver, one goes over a receiver's head. Another one goes five feet in front of a receiver. Another one is short so that the defensive backs intercept it. Uh, even Greg Schiano admitted that if he pushed that ball to Sean Ryan down the sideline, he had three steps on his defender. That could have been a touchdown. Yeah. It was I the it. One,
0: one throw he didn't overthrow, him, right? It's like the one time he, he didn't put, it wasn't a bullet. It was amazing. Yeah.
1: Right, and I get that it's against the wind, but still got to be able to make that pass. So yeah, I, I, again, I, I'm not sure yet if it's time to hit the, the alarm bells. He played a lot of good defenses. I think this was his fourth start, and yep. three of them have been against top half defenses in the Big Ten. And the bad defense he played against Michigan State, he shredded them. If he plays well against Maryland, which also ranks in the bottom of the Big Ten, near the bottom of the Big Ten in offense, I think you could start to have a profile of a quarterback who's good enough to beat bad defenses, who is multiple steps away from competing against good defenses. And that's the <coughs> gap he has to fill in the offseason because from what we can gather, from what we can tell, all signs kind of seem to indicate that he will be the guy going forward. So he's going to have to, for him to take that next step, he's going to have to make some major leaps against defenses that are not tomato cans, essentially. Right. And One, Pat, more, yeah.
2: one more point. One more point when Rutgers can't run the ball, the whole burden falls on Wimsitt and he is not, he's nowhere close to being good enough to carry this team on his back like that. So when the running game struggles, it's a, it's a microcosm of the whole team failing offensive line running backs. And then the pressure falls on the quarterback who can't make the plays. So it's uh, just a losing combination.
0: And, and, Brian, you make a good point about the Maryland game. And that is really, when you look at this game now, it's an important one, both for Wimsett to get some confidence going into the offseason and for the program as a whole. You know, I think five and seven is a big difference than four and eight. It's a big difference, you know, and in going into the offseason with a win and, and being able to say, "Are right, we matched our win total from last year. You know, there's a lot. We beat up, we beat another similar program. We won two Big Ten games. There's a lot riding on this one. And I think a lot of it is also... On Gavin Wimset. All right. So you had three starts. I mean, how you all right? Let's see how you're going to perform in this one. Let's see against a bad defense. Let's see if you can make this, you know, make something out of this offense. And because you know, you, I suspect I, I know Maryland's gonna score points, right? So how
1: can how is Rutgers gonna counter that? I absolutely agree. To your point, they've lost six of the last seven Big Ten games. It's a brutal way to end a season losing seven of your last eight games. You're only when you only one coming against Indiana. Yeah, definitely a huge game. just in that sense, and to give some confidence not only to the team but also to the fan base, which I'm sure is getting beat down by a lot of these uh, a lot of these losses in a row, and, and the way they're happening. The, right. the
2: one the one matchup you do like for Rutgers against Maryland is the way that the defensive line played against Penn State, especially early on. They were pressuring Penn State like crazy. So if they can keep that pressure up, that'll put at least a little bit of a uh, constraint on Togo Viola. So I would look for that.
0: All right, Brian, you broke this down. and We're walking out of the press conference. We love you. You're walking out of the stadium to the press conference, and we're talking about what we're going to write. And Fonseca tells us, well, I'll, I'll do the bowl breakdown. And I'm nearly like, what? Bowl breakdown, the five and seven bowl breakdown, you broke it down and you say there's no hope, but I've, I've seen some other projections that have a couple of five and seven teams in there. Why don't you take us through this? Why I'm not going to be spending uh, Christmas in Fort Worth based on your projections here if if, if Rutgers does beat Maryland.
1: So first the mea culpa, in my original story, I had said there were 75 bowl eligible teams. I accidentally counted James Madison and App State who are not bowl eligible this year because they transitioned mm-hmm. up. Okay, Mm -mm. so there's 73. 73. Now, there are uh, six, five, and seven teams that are ahead of Rutgers in the APR who, if it comes down to that, they would be ahead of Rutgers anyway. So essentially, that's six more slots. That's 79. There's going to be one other six-win team on Tuesday because Ball State and Miami of Ohio are facing each other. They both Mm -hmm. have six wins, so that's 80. Okay, There are are two slots left, and there are 13 five-win teams that play on Saturday. Rutgers would need all 13 of those teams to lose, Mm-hmm. we need UNLV to lose because UNLV is ahead of them in the five in the APR rankings UNLV so essentially...
0: is ahead of Rutgers in the... wait a minute how the hell did that happen Correct. UNLV is ahead of Rutgers
1: UNLV I is ahead goodness. of Rutgers what's wrong with those kids I mean good if you're in you're in Las Vegas come they on they were now. gambling on their futures by doing well in school I guess and... so all right sorry to interrupt but that no just... so you're fine looking up
2: the right APR
1: the that. Is that some blackjack annual... term I don't know some hot tub <laughs> fixture APR, yeah, uh, okay. As far, sorry. as far as I know, it was the right numbers for the most recent year. Mm-hmm. So, essentially, what I'm saying is that Rutgers would need the miracle of all miracles to and they, what we're not talking about, they still have to beat Maryland, so we're even just assuming they're going to beat Maryland, which is no easy thing to happen. So, no, we're not going to spend the day after Christmas in Detroit, thank God. I, again, I, mea culpa for messing up the uh, the two mm. teams initially, but I don't think that makes a huge difference. At the I, end th- of
0: I the still day. think you messed up. Uh, you messed up Vegas's APR too. I just don't believe that. Jerry Tarkanian <laughs> is rolling over in his grave with that. Come
1: on, annual poker
2: chips ratio. <laughs> oh,
0: that, see, that was good. He came. He came up with that. It took you like we were thinking about that for like ninety seconds. Yeah, yeah get,
2: I was I was okay. on mute. I was daydreaming. I <laughs> got
0: it's fine. That's fine. Good job. All right, so no bowl game. Uh, I, I'm sure, and uh, you know. Again, I think that's probably regardless of what happens, although I'm sure Greg Shannon would like the extra practice. That's probably the, the, the best thing for everyone involved. All right, let's dive into true or false. We've got some hot topics here. The first one, especially, you know, the rules. Here we go. True or false? The announced crowd of 55,676 really was the biggest crowd in SHI Stadium history. Brian, true or false? Absolutely false okay Pat you, you're oh, buying it
2: not buying it false <laughs> all right we'll
0: come back and talk we'll talk about this one at the end here uh true or false the nunzio era is finished Greg Shiano will hire a new offensive coordinator
1: true or false Brian I've been on the nunzios not getting keep the job trained this whole time I will stay on there so I will say true okay Pat we're, we were on the but you were on team
0: nunzio last time I think right I've lost yeah, track I am I'm staying am there
2: still on team nunzio because staying I just there. believe that the team want that uh, the Greg wants Nunzio to succeed, but yeah. even though the results haven't been there.
0: The team uh, likes him. Yeah. The team likes him. All right. You're going true? True. All right. I'm gonna I'm switching no, no, no. to false. False.
2: Right. false. The Nunzio error is not finished.
0: It's not finished. Okay. Right. Okay. Yes, I'm sorry. Good job. Good job by you to listen to listen to the statement. Uh, I'm going true. I think it's finished as well. Although last week I will admit that I'm flopping on this one. Along those lines, true or false. Greg Shannon needs to hire a dedicated quarterbacks coach. Brian, will he
1: do that? True or false? Need to. Will he? False. Uh, pretty false. much every team in the country has a offensive coordinator that doubles as the quarterbacks coach. So false. Okay. Pat?
2: If your program is built around developing this quarterback, you better get the right quarterback coach. So. I guess it's true. true.
0: All right. I'm. Yeah. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say false, but he's got to be the next OC. has got to be a quarterbacks developer without question. All right. True or false? Adam Korsak will win the guy. This is the year that he will be the guy. True or false,
1: Brian? It has to be true, or else the, all the conspiracy theories have to be correct. He 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 must win.
2: Pat, he must win it. He must win it.
1: We've broken down the competition. I'll go
0: true, of course, because I will not. I will never doubt him. But I'd like to see a breakdown of the competition oh,
2: here. Oh, hot take alert! Hot take Tory alert. Taylor from Iowa was not a semifinalist in the Ray Guy.
0: Really? Award.
2: It's not one wow. of the, for whatever reason, the semifinals of the Ray Guy Award lists eight candidates. And he's, the Iowa punter is not uh, one of
0: them. He's one it's of he, Shocking! Yeah, it is shocking that that's that's got to be a big story out there and um in Ames. Uh,
1: all right, <laughs> a- Ames is Iowa State. Steve, your geography's wrong. Close enough. Iowa City, Des Moines. Also, Adam deserves an uh, even if he's not the best punter, he deserves a career achievement award or whoever, whatever they call those things.
0: I think it'd be more significant if he was an All-American because there've only been f- four or five of them in Rutgers history. That would be a fitting way to end his career. All right. True or false? We are blowing things out of proportions. Rutgers can beat Maryland and the season will be a success if they beat Maryland. Does it change your opinion at five and seven? True or false? Brian? Out of
1: principle, we never blow things out of proportion, so I'll say false. <laughs>
0: it's not our thing. Pat?
2: It does change the narrative. It so. does. True.
0: All right, I'm gonna i gonna say true as well. It does it does change the narrative. All right, and finally, true or false, the basketball team is in real trouble if Paul Mulcahy doesn't return from his injury soon. Brian, you were up there in Foxwoods or Mohegan Sun, wherever the heck it was. True or false? I went to both actually, and
1: uh, I will say true.
0: <laughs> All right, Pat, he uh, is the catalyst. It looks yeah, like true. he's the he's the straw that stirs the drink. I will go true as well.
1: All right, diving
0: back into this one, obviously we got to talk about the the crowd thing, and and I. I come back to this with the crowd. I was there for the Penn State game in 2014. I saw that crowd. I felt the energy, the emotion. I knew how big that game was for both fan bases. This is going to be a Lloyd Benson quote here. Yeah. Can be a person in history that I do not expect you to know, but I knew I know the biggest crowd in in Rutgers history. This was not the biggest crowd in Rutgers history. That one was just a better crowd. And what I come, what I don't understand, what we really don't understand, it's like my golf coach told me my freshman year, like don't cheat in golf because when you do actually have when you approve and you have a good round, it will diminish what you actually accomplished. Like, I just don't, like, I don't get it. Like, why, why have 50, 55, 6, 7, 6 for this game? And what's going to happen when you actually get really good and you play Penn State and you have 56, are you going to announce 68,000? I mean, what, like, what I just don't understand. It's just kind of like, all right, so that's the biggest. That's the biggest crowd in Rutgers history. Is this random game against Penn State in November? Now, I mean, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean we, again, we're making probably making too much of this, but it just struck me as it was a good crowd, a really a nice crowd, probably the best crowd of the season. Was it the biggest crowd of, the, of all time? Uh
1: no. Your thoughts, Brian? It, it seems ridiculous to say that there are three thousand more people in the building than. It can hold. So to your point, you might as well just say there's sixty eight thousand people. If we're not really accounting for space being used, it all feels really silly. I understand the scanner issue or whatever it is, or all the issues for the actual counting, but to exaggerate by that much, it, it feels completely unnecessary.
0: Well, how do you even do? I mean, how do you even do it? They just have, do you just have like more tickets than seats? I mean, it's like are the SROs it's just there's I have so many questions about it. I mean,
2: Pat, any do they count? recruits on the sideline, former players that stand on the sideline, that...
1: They count you I and me in the in the press. I don't post. know. I don't think Do so. That? Yeah. I, I mean, certainly, and it was a good, it was a really good crowd.
2: I thought it, I mean, it was. It traffic, was. Traffic, really the tailgate,
0: the lots were filled early. It was, I thought it was the best crowd of the year. It wasn't like if, if they said it was like, I was outraged, but certainly I was like, uh, ne- like Nebraska coach, Mickey Joseph, but with, with the Nebraska, this is not a second, a break, but this time I'm like, okay, well, this is, yeah, you know, this is, this is a real sellout. But when they say, it's just, again, like you announced it to, and uh, so the,
1: the bigger issue is, well, one of the issues is the fact that about half that crowd, if, if not more was in, you know, blue and white and were, were road fans. I think right. that's probably, if if it was, if that number is correct and there really were 55,000 fans in there, I would be conservative if I'm Rutgers because at least 30,000 of them were road yeah. fans and your fans are selling tickets and not being there, so. I would rather, if that's the case. I'd rather. But what do you expect from out? a
2: team that's has four wins and getting yeah, blown out regularly?
1: I, yeah, I don't, I don't blame the fans for that
0: either. Yeah, at a certain point, especially, especially since the secondary market, the tickets were actually selling at a at a decent price. So I don't, I, mean, I don't
1: blame the fans for not going. I blame Rutgers for touting a sellout when, again, most of the fans there are Penn State fans. I would think it'd be smarter to play down the amount of people that are there, so it doesn't <laughs> seem like the entire place is State College East.
2: Nothing
0: to see here, folks. Just a just a 23, 23.5. five. All right. We, we, we won't believe that anymore, but it that certainly it it was it was a moment when we we all heard we were like, wow. Okay. Um, so what else do we have to talk about here? Did we think that we we're all kind of you think nunzio is gonna make it just because of that? The 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 strong bond? I mean, does the quarterback development thing not concern you a little bit here? And we'll well, Gavin said, have a say. Will his family have a say in who's the, who's the next coordinator?
2: Oh, wow. Wow, the family. Are we
0: at yeah. that point? Are we at that point at Rutgers where that's going to be a thing?
2: I hope I not. I hope I not. That's I the end it. of college football if it is. <laughs> if we're not there already. You're already. already there. You kidding me? But uh I, I still think when you look at the competition and when Gavin plays against lesser competition, you see what he can be. And yeah. I just think we haven't seen the whole scope of it through an unbiased lens because we talk about what he did off, off off a terrible performance. It's too hard. It's too early to say he's developing or not developing. I'm still, I'm still leaning towards Nunzio's is going to get the job.
0: All right, uh, Brian, take us through what happened up there in uh, against Temple. Uh, I watched the first half. And I knew there wasn't much of a need to watch the second half. They just look completely out of sync. A lot of turnovers, a lot of, tr- of trouble moving. I mean, uh, you know, what what was the problem?
1: Yeah, it seems clear that Paul mulcahy is, like you said, the st- the straw that stirs the drink. He makes that offense go. It makes it makes them move. Uh, Derek Simpson was put into a really tough spot, making his first yeah. career start in his fourth college game, in his first r- game away from Piscataway against a guard dominant team that put a lot of pressure on him, forced him to miss all his shots essentially until the end of the game, forced him to turn over the ball a ton forced him to kind of create off the dribble which he's not uh ready to do at this level so uh all, all that combined and then the rest of the team kind of fell from there and then they fell into that 19 point hole because of all the turnovers temple was hitting a lot of shots in the first half and to Rutgers credit they pushed back they they closed the gap to six points with six minutes left and had a chance to get a win that they probably didn't deserve but the bigger picture thing is that this team without its two veterans is in a very precarious spot. I think we knew that if they lost any of those one guys, Caleb, Paul, or Cliff, for an extended period, they'd be in big trouble. If they lose these two guys for an extended period, they're in major, major trouble. Paul might be out for a bit. Uh, There's no determined timeline here. I would be surprised if he played Tuesday. And uh, As tough as the guy is, I mean, the kid was dressed. He was in his headband and everything ready right. to play, but the coaching staff had to hold him back for his own sake, the coaching staff and the medical staff and all. I don't know when he'll come back. I can't imagine it'll be this week. Uh, Caleb is closer. I would not be surprised if Caleb plays Tuesday, though I could see him kind of holding back for another week. Uh, But he seems to be right on the edge of playing. But the Rutgers need those two guys back desperately by the time they that Wake Forest, Miami, Seton Hall, right. Indiana, Ohio State stretch comes. Because if they're not around, those can get, become some ugly – ugly game that is a very i mean yeah and that's an important stretch to get through they can't
0: i mean i I get you can have a couple losses early on uh temple didn't didn't really affect their their metrics as much as you would think temple's a good opponent but you got i mean yeah obviously you've got some you've got some tough games coming up here early on all right anything else we want to address here from that list i don't think we think we covered our corsac our corsac fandom fandom here um everything else Experience the Heldridge Hotel, a luxury hotel that's perfect for both the business and leisure traveler. Ideally located within minutes of Rutgers University, the Heldridge is convenient to all the action and activities at SHI Stadium, Jersey Mike's Arena, and the Rutgers University Campus. The moment you walk through the doors of the Heldridge Hotel and Conference Center, you know you're someplace different. A place with an independent spirit and a boutique vibe. A place where you can immerse yourself in your meeting or event as easily as you can the local culture. Located in the heart of the city, The Heldridge lets you experience all that New Brunswick has to offer. Whether you're coming to New Brunswick for a fun weekend with friends, in town for a Scarlet Knights game, or attending a business meeting, book your accommodations today at theheldridge.com. This is good. All right. Let's dive into some insider questions. Thanks again for everybody being part of this during the season. We certainly appreciate it. And your questions were great as always, almost all of them, all of them, not all of them, but most of them. Focused on Gavin Wimsett, which is understandable. The one, the one concern. This is from Pep, who played out offensive tackle from for Rutgers College in 1980. Does Chiano have to look to the portal for a quarterback, or do we stay all in on Wimsett? I think the answer to that question might be both. <laughs> I think he needs to look in the portal. Do you agree, Brian? I mean, they got to find someone who can just fill out the quarterback room at this.
1: Point. Yeah, as we mentioned before, it's a really tough spot though because if you're not going to get a high tier guy. Because you're going to alienate, you have to pick either or. Either you get a high tier guy to become your starting quarterback and alienate your quarterback of the future, Gavin, or you ride with Gavin and you realize that no real good proven quarterback is going to come to Rutgers because he knows that he's going to be competing with a guy who is the quarterback of the future. So they're going to have to pick a side. It seems like Gavin is probably the side they're going to take and probably the right side. And the surest side for sure. The flip side is to get a kid to fill in depth at this point in high school might be tough. I know they're recruiting that kid from from Ramapo, Jack Russell, the Harvard commit. I think Pat could probably shine some more light on that. Other than that, it's going to be tough to get a kid out of the portal because they're going to have to get a lower tier kid who's hoping to ma- make a jump and impress people that haven't seen him because otherwise there's no kid that's going to want to come to Rutgers when Gavin Wimsett is the guy. So, very precarious situation they ha- have their quarterback. My guess is that they're just going to ride with Gavin. And I think that's probably the right choice given all the options they have. Pat, do you want to bring us bring us up the speed on on Gresser? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. So I think Jack Gresser has a life decision to make first and foremost. And that's do I go to Harvard and plan my life around being in you know being successful after college or do I go try to play my dream and play Big Ten football? So if that's that's first and foremost for the kid himself who is sneakily He's under the radar, under the radar, in my opinion, and I think one of the best quarterbacks in New Jersey. That's maybe just doesn't have the size and that's why he doesn't have all the offers, but he can really sling it. He's one of the better kids that I ever saw in high school. Mm-hmm. So I think he he slides in nicely as like a guy that can play back up and also push Gavin a little bit if that's the route he d- does go. But I'm I'm still all in to answer Pep's question. I'm still all in on Wimset. I just think we haven't seen enough of the whole picture. We've seen him play really good defenses, like I said, and the inaccuracy issues are are certainly an issue. There's no question, but I think he can he can kind of fix those with time.
0: All right. So uh, Brandon and Branchburg wants to know about his inability to run the ball. I guess are we, <laughs> we're we not sure if, if Gavin Wimson is 100% as far as being able to run, he moves fine in the pocket. They run a few design runs. I think part of that is also that you know, again, you're playing good run defenses. It might just not, it might just not be effective against Penn State and in Minnesota. I mean, what what do you think, Brian? Are we
1: have we not seen the full uh, ability, of full skill set, a full, skillset, a full a package yet with with Wimset? Yeah, I think it's a combination of all those things. He had a couple of design runs against Penn State where he gained nine yards and looked pretty decent. It seems like they are all hesitant to have him run a a, a lot more than Sean Gleason will, certainly. Uh, He's only had two or three design runs in the last three games. Uh, It seems like his ankle, while he's good enough to play, is either still bothering him or they don't want to risk injuring it further. Uh, But I think he has the capability of running. He showed it against Boston College in that 148-yard run, which we keep referencing because it's the only big run he's really had. But he showed that. But I still think that he's more of a quarterback that throws and can run a little bit versus a quarterback that runs and can throw, if that makes sense. Right. He has a dual threat, but he's he's going to win games for Rutgers, if he ever does, with his arm. I, I think there is a lot more for him that he can do with his legs. And yes, to your point, the offensive line struggling significantly does not help. The fact they have run for a combined, I think it was 64 yards in their last two home games against Michigan and yeah. Penn State, that doesn't help. So I think uh, once all those factors are mitigated, if they improve the offensive line, if they give him more opportunities to run, I think he can show that aspect of his game.
0: Good question for you, Pat. Uh, what did the firing of Gleason actually accomplish? I don't see any difference whatsoever. Uh, I mean, you can. There, I, in fairness, there are some differences that that are evident. At least were evident early on. I don't think they. I mean, they wouldn't have. They wouldn't have run Sam Brown. 30 times against Indiana remember Nunzio figured that out that we all figured that out that before Sean Gleason did that they should focus on the one good their best running back and he did that uh, the problem is Sam Brown got hurt and that changed a lot of it but it has, has Nunzio in your mind made a big difference in this offense
2: I don't think the results show it obviously the yeah. results are, are poor but you're right the, the Sam Brown injury was huge I just think that the offense hasn't had a full cycle to really replace what Sean like how much are you really going to change in the middle of a season right you're not not going to change the playbook or all these philosophical things like I I just think he hasn't really had a shot to really overhaul everything was Sean Gleason fired too early I I think maybe you (laughs) had to do it the bye week clearly clearly been the scapegoat in this whole thing like we said at the time so to answer that question, I think he was.
0: It's tricky. You know, I mean, I understand why he made that move. And I think there, I think we don't know the full picture. I think reading between the lines here, the the, play, the players did, lost confidence in Sean Gleason's play calling. I think the, that's pretty clear.
2: And the unwillingness to just let Gavin put, be quarterback was also his downfall.
0: Right. That was another problem. Absolutely. Diving in some more. So we got some broader questions. This one's about NIL. Indiana coach Tom Allen said in his weekly radio show that at the beginning of the year, Indiana had eight players getting one hundred and fifty thousand of NIL money. Do you think Rutgers is above or below this level? And what do you think Gavin makes in NIL money? I have no idea what Gavin makes in NIL money. He will not answer the question. It is a closely guarded secret. If I had to guess, I thought I think Rutgers is below that. I, I you know I, I don't see any signs that there are that many players getting in the up one fifty times eight is one point two million. I don't know. I think I don't think that's there at all. Am I missing something, guys? I mean...
2: When we were doing some digging around what Gavin actually makes in NIL money, and if that six-figure deal that he allegedly signed to come to Rutgers was true, we, we found out that he has two sponsors, one from the Devco, who sponsors this podcast. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Devco. And one, You're not paying us six figures, though. I'm pretty sure. Right. Not.
2: And one from Miller's Rentals. Uh, so... <laughs> How much could that really be? It can't be can't be significant enough to to even come close to one hundred fifty thousand, in my opinion. I doubt that's you. just my gut, though. Yeah, I have no yeah, actual proof of that. But
0: uh it there's be an interesting development coming by the time this podcast is it might be already out. Uh I think Pat Hobbs, workers athletic director, is going to go all in on the collectives. Is that your understanding as well, Brian? That we will see a statement encouraging people, and you've seen this everywhere, Oklahoma penn state where athletic directors now are are using the new guidance to become clear that yes please give money to our collectives i think that's going to happen now at Rutgers. yes uh breaking news is it out i mean it's it could be.
1: Uh, i will read you the, the money quote from this oh, letter okay you've got i know it you want to support our scarlet knights in any way you can i encourage you to explore ways in which you your business or your contacts might benefit from engaging our student athletes and nil opportunities either directly through collectives such as the Knights of the Raritan and the Knight Society or otherwise. So yes, uh, Pat Hobbs has publicly endorsed NIL for the first time. Uh, It's only taken him 18 months to do so, but I guess it's better late than never.
0: Uh, He publicly endorsed the collectives, not NIL. He's been talking about, yeah, but this, yeah, it's, it's a step. And I think the key now is seeing, all right, so what can the athletic department and the collectives do together to jumpstart this, right? As opposed to You know, (laughs) hoping that John Newman's Twitter feed is enough to raise money to keep this defense together. All right. Well, what's going to happen now to add to that? How can they how can there be a symbiotic relationship here? Complimentary fundraising (laughs) and to borrow a Greg Shannon term. I don't know if that's going to solve the problem or not, but certainly it's a step in the right direction. All right. Question about the Big Ten. If you guys have been reading our series on the Big Ten, we think we're just about halfway through, maybe a third of the way through. Uh, looking at the 10 year anniversary of the big 10 regarding today's article. Today's article was about what the big Ten's impact is on the university as a whole. (laughs) I learned a ton of things that I, I I honestly just didn't know. I talked to a, I took time away from a, man researching cancer uh, cancer treatments uh, for liver cancer to talk about how the big Ten is helping make that easier I mean that's just the easiest way to say it. I could I could explain to you exactly how but when he wants to do a study instead of having to arrange a study with lots of different places there's a big Ten cancer consortium that sets it up for him so then he can he can do these trials that the drug companies won't do I mean I don't know that's that's pretty cool. And like something, you don't. Know, every time I get an email from someone who says, Rooker should ju- leave the Big Ten, I'm just going to forward them this story. All right, you want to leave this behind? Seems pretty important. Anyway, so the reader wants to know what is the what is the academic what's the value of that? It sure would be nice if we can flash the number of how much that money the price tag of all that. To, to the naysayers, I don't know that you can, but I will say that uh, Robert Barchi, the former president, when asked about this, he, he mentioned that just the publicity alone, his direct quote was, how much would it cost to have all those ads on the Big Ten network? $25 million, $50 million? I, I couldn't even put a price tag on it, is what he told me. I, so again, it's just stuff from the Big Ten that you don't that you don't see to answer that question. I'll handle that one, fellas. All right, let's uh, see what else we got here. Oh, here's one from Kevin McKill. Was Milton offsides on the punt? What do we think? You watched it again Brian? I mean we both, we thought it well he thought it was offsides live was he offsides? So
1: it's hard to tell from the one camera angle they gave us. They didn't give us the head on over the the, the football with the World Cup on I guess it's a, it's a good uh comparison to make. I needed a VAR overhead view to really tell. But from what I could tell and from what I remember seeing in the press box he was offside, though obviously Greg Sciano did not agree and was very, very upset about it to the point where he was screaming at the referee for about four more plays after that. He was so upset, he was laughing, laughing in the referee's face. And I believe <laughs> the quote I was able to get from the lip read was, try me, try me. Try and me? Uh, I don't think the referee tried him. So they're
0: going to take him at the back at the back of the uh, one of the food trucks and yeah, is that, what, that, where that was headed. And share That's a fat sandwich. Mentioned.
1: Is that what you're saying? No. I mean, <laughs> yeah. 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 The fat lip. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> yes. I don't know. But he was, I don't know if that's exactly what he said, but uh, as we could tell, I'm not the greatest lip reader of all time, but I do believe he was very, 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 very upset. And as he mentioned after the game, you don't congratulate a guy when you're talking like that. So, wow, Um yeah. There's been a lot
0: of fodder for the Rutgers conspiracy theorists this year, penalty wise. I mean, they're, they're officiating again. It's not as bad as, you know, Miles Johnson <laughs> basketball and a few that happened that way but it's been it's been pretty rough
2: milton jumped off sides and tried to get back on sides and he didn't get back in time that's what it was end of okay. story
0: end of story all right no conspiracy here as you were all right uh, i think that's all the questions we have pretty much appreciate everyone for contributing as always follow us on twitter at Rutgers rant and we'll answer your questions there as well all right uh prediction so I think that means you won Fonseca. Congratulations. Thank Congratulations you. to you, Pat, for having the wrongest pick in the history of the podcast. <laughs> Congratulations. Picking 21, 20 Rutgers victory and, and encouraging and getting the fans hopes up that I would go swimming in the Riding River. And when it was three, nothing, it was like, you were like,
2: Oh yeah. Oh, we're, we're doing here. it. Talking it to Andy Mills. seven.
0: He's well, got a wetsuit in his car. We're going to throw Politi in the Raritan.
2: 10-7. My seven. Seven. Like, God, you guys just saw this. The game took a life of its own. That's what happened. Like the game ends the pick, took a life of their own. <laughs>
0: Put four minutes into a first quarter, and it's going to last an hour and a half. And you're like, oh. What we do? we're gonna do this tomorrow? We're gonna to do it tonight. Do you wanna wait till it's a warmer day? You're like
2: you get oh, yeah, this man. good sunlight, yeah. Right.
0: yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure that I'm not gonna go swimming, but appreciate the appreciate the sentiments anyway. So what's the line in this game? I didn't even look.
1: It was uh two touchdowns when I saw it yesterday. I don't know if it's wow. sense. Really? Maryland minus fourteen.
0: Wow, holy cow. Okay. Well, you're you're leading, not that it matters anymore, but you can put a ribbon on this. What what do you got?
1: Well, I could pick anything I want, right? And uh well,
0: I mean, yeah. There's pride there's pride involved. So
1: you're right. You know, as for the listeners, all of them that are using my picks to make millions of dollars, I need to uh continue to support that. I think this game will be close early, and I think one team is going to pull away. That team is uh, I think Maryland's gonna win decently big. I I'll go Maryland thirty one, Rutgers thirteen. Okay. So Maryland cover. Gotcha.
0: Pat, this battle for
1: second now.
2: Oh, there, there is. I think Uh, so. Okay, yeah. There's, there's a battle for second, but uh, as we said before, this season takes a different narrative. If Rutgers wins this game, and the way the defense played against Penn State was encouraging, uh, at least for those first minutes of the first quarter, where we sent you snorkels. (laughs) Um, I think, I think this is a halfway decent matchup for Rutgers. I think it's Mm -hmm. going to be competitive. I'm still going to take Maryland to win, but I'm going to take Rutgers with the points. So let's go Maryland 35, Rutgers 28. The offense finally does something.
0: Okay. You know, I think, and just because I can't, it doesn't matter. I'm not playing for a second. I'll just take, I'll take the the result. I think it's going to happen exactly as you described. So we will, you will finish second, I guess. Uh, Little, yeah, like a 31-27 type game, Maryland victory. You know, I mean, I think this, we will see enough from Gavin Wimsett in this one that will feel more encouraged. They can't, I mean, they can't spot another Big Ten team two touchdowns I don't think so and and Maryland isn't as good defensively so you would you would think that but I just think that the quarterback for Maryland is too good for for, for that and and the way they played look at the way they played against Ohio State it looked like they had quit a week earlier in, in, in Penn State Maryland looked like they were just done with the season but uh, you know certainly that that proved taking Ohio State to the final minute proved that they weren't so that's going to be my uh, pick there. All right. Other thoughts? Can we uh, give do issue our uh, issue our correction here on the pronunciation of the men's soccer coach's name? Brian, would you like to make that mea culpa?
1: I will make the mea culpa. I don't know if I could actually say it correctly. <laughs> <'cause>
0: my... <laughs> you had a week. Re- you don't know if you could actually say it correctly. It's the whole point of this.
1: Because every time I think I say it right, I, I say it wrong. I get an email. My mind is in a pretzel. I was really hoping that you knew how to say it. So well, you... no, that you know, you know, I wasn't going to do that. I was. I mean, I,
0: I still, I finally got Cliff Omori. And Joe
1: Harris, oh crap! Harris Simiak.
0: I worked all week on Harris Simiak.
1: Should have spent more time on Jim McEldery. McEldery.
2: McEldery. McEldery. I I think it's Jim
1: McEldery. I think last week I said McEldery, which is you said McEldery. McEldery. Jim Jim McEldery. McEldery. Uh, Great guy. Great season. Great season. uh, Best season in the as a member of the Big Ten. Put some hope into this program and what it could be. Uh, I was at the game in Pennsylvania in Philadelphia. What happened there? Yeah. Uh, it was very cold, first of all, and uh, it was in a makeshift intramural turf field because their actual stadium is uh, under construction. They're building a track and field complex, and it yep. won't be open until 2024. So they had to play on this small field that looked like where I played my intramurals at Rutgers. And uh, Rutgers conceded a goal within 65 seconds. Yeah. They were losing for the final 89 minutes. They were, playing, ch- they were chasing the ball in the game the rest of the way, and they were never really able to uh, climb back into the game. So a uh, tough way to go out, but I think... Uh, as I wrote, Rutgers was playing with house money, essentially. It really didn't matter what happened. They already uh, pulled off a th- the most successful season in the Big Ten and really set a foundation for the program to get back to its glory days in the 90s. So, uh, yeah, uh, Jim McEllery in the front running, I think, for the best season of uh, program at Rutgers this year. And I'm not sure if uh, any other program will be able to top it this year. I think uh very, very impressive fall for them and the boys. Good. I know
0: you guys were doing the press conference with you. Good. Good uh, month overall for Rutgers soccer. And then you have Alexi Lawless and Carly Lloyd talking Rutgers like their old bros uh, on the World Cup, <laughs> like 30 minutes before the kickoff of the first World Cup game, uh, there are the two two of the probably five best athletes in Rutgers history standing up there on national television talking Rutgers, so that's that's good publicity. To go oh, off right.
1: that. Uh, do you guys want to okay. give your World Cup predictions now, or do you guys want to
0: Sure, let's... absolutely. Yep, yep, go. I'm ready. Okay.
1: Who, who you got winning the whole thing, Steve? What do you got? Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Germany. Yeah, how you like that? Who you got, Pat?
2: Uh, England. England. England?
1: England. Solid, Solid choice, win. fellas. England won the, went made to the final last time. Oh, that was the Euro. Never mind. Hmm. Uh, anyway, I, I have drinking all the Kool-Aid, all the Jutupia. I think Portugal's going to win the World Cup. I think they're allowed. good. I I, I am so ready to have my heart absolutely destroyed. So oh. I am looking forward to spending Thanksgiving in absolute agony, watching them draw against Ghana. So <laughs> this be the worst turkey of my life we're gonna have no. to cancel the podcast if Portugal wins the World Cup this is not to we're not yeah. gonna have to handle that you will find me in New Brunswick streaking with a Portuguese flag wrapped around my waist I make that Isn't promise it, on the pod do
0: you take so if Brazil wins it do you because Portugal colonized Brazil do you take that as a victory as a port as a Portuguese person I think there
1: is no team I would rather not win the World Cup than Brazil why well, they, aren't they your people I mean but Brazil Portugal no that's not the same well I think they don't like us uh, on account of us colonizing them. And, uh, <laughs> I think it
0: was, con- was the I'm sorry, <laughs> was the colonization not a good
1: thing? <laughs>
0: was that a bad thing? Okay, good yes, point. Yes, but
1: yeah. uh, I also grew up in Kearney in Newark area where there's a lot of Portuguese people and Brazilian people. And right. things get tense around this time. Yeah, I I, I don't like, the, I like Brazilian people. I don't like the Brazilian national team. I don't like the Spanish national team. I very much dislike the French national team. But the people, great people, just don't like their soccer teams. That's all. Right. Yeah. Italy didn't
0: even make it, Pat, so we don't even, yeah. I mean, come on, how's that happen? Good grief. They won
2: the Euro Cup. Italy did, yeah, yeah,
0: oh. no, and how, did, how? Why didn't they? Didn't qualify. There's not automatic qualifiers.
1: It's not like winning the <laughs> the Northeast Conference. <laughs> the, World the, the, fan, the World Cup uh, is not the NCAA tournament. Steve,
0: The World Cup.
1: Italy couldn't get past the powerhouse that is North Macedonia, so they could not make it the World Cup.
0: Like losing the
1: FDU in the first round. All
2: right, I think that's enough for today's no, show. No, not yet, not yet. Pat, oh, uh,
1: give boy. us some, give us some scoop on wrestling. Get, oh yes, in. of course. Thank you.
2: Wrestling brought to you by Brian Saldano, the awesome freshman. Been on an absolute. He was on an absolute tear. Came into the rankings this week at number fifteen. All four of his wins were by bonus points. And then yesterday, last night in the Roadrunner Open at Cal State Bakerfield, had a chance to wrestle the number six kid in the country, and it was a really close match. Uh, he trailed early and just never got back on, never got, never was able to flip the score essentially. And Dano took his first L, but he's been the the real headliner of that team. Um, Rutgers also beat Stanford while it's in California. So they're three and one. Um, it's it's an off week. And then next Sunday they'll wrestle Hen and Drexel at the Prudential Center. And I'll be there covering that one.
0: For those of us who don't follow the wrestling, could you give us a little bit more about Saldana? Where's he from? Was he expected to be this good?
2: Soldano was a three-time state champ from high Point, And he has this crazy style that, uh, no one was really sure how it was going to translate to college wrestling. Like he does all, he always goes to his back and puts himself in vulnerable positions. So it's really, he's really unique in that sense. Um, And the big thing was like, holy cow, it really does translate. He's beating all these ranked guys. He was the number eight recruit in the country for that, for his class and really like the headliner of that class. So he's highly touted. He could be one of their next All-Americans, if not national champ when all is said and done.
0: Excellent. All right. Well, we'll monitor that. We've got a lot going on to monitor with this uh, wrestling season, basketball season, everything you get going. Of course, one more football game. We'll be back next week to talk about that. Everyone, have a great Thanksgiving. We're thankful for you for listening. Thankful for Deb Fugo for sponsoring, for everybody contributing your questions. Signing off for, uh, for, for Pat and Brian. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Rutgers Rant. To participate in the conversation and receive live updates about the Scarlet Knights directly to your phone, sign up at nj.com slash insider.